I join others in welcoming you today and thanking you for your presence in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. Today we continue in the sermon series in which uh, those of you who are going through a Sunday school or Bible study book uh, at home or whether on campus here from 10 to 11, you are studying how to pray. The sermon series is Jesus Teach Us How to Pray. And we're using what is the, called the Lord's Prayer uh, or the Model Prayer. And it's in Matthew chapter 6. And today we will read one verse, and that will be verse 10. And if you are physically able, I'll ask you to join me in standing as we read God's Word. I'll read verse 9 again, and then we'll come in on verse 10. Jesus said, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can we read that aloud together? Ready? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Today's message is really a a dangerous one because of the content of the Lord's prayer as taught by Jesus Christ. This is not a tame prayer. When prayed from the heart, your kingdom come, one is actually praying a very radical prayer that goes against the established principles and kingdom and nations of mankind around the world. Some words that uh, will be spoken on behalf of God today might even irritate our patriotic skin of the believers here assembled in this place as I said because it is not a tame prayer and yet it's what Christ teaches us to pray as citizens of the kingdom of God it's a prayer that challenges our utmost allegiance and obedience to God the Father J.I. Packer Christian theologian wrote this about this verse. He said, Here, more clearly than anywhere, the purpose of prayer becomes plain. Not to make God do my will, which is practicing magic, he writes, but to bring my will into line with his, which is what it means to practice true religion. And so may God grant us the strength to receive this word today And let's go to the Lord and ask Him to help us do that. Heavenly Father, uh, we, we don't always know how to pray. We don't always know what to ask for. And in here before us, we have a prayer that You've given us to learn from. And so, Lord, with the Holy Spirit in Your Word today, teach us how to pray. And as we look at these words dealing with Your kingdom and its coming and your will be done on being done on earth today as it is in heaven. Challenge us and convict us, Lord. And Lord, bend us into the right alignment with your will today, Lord Jesus. Be our strength and our help and give us faith to receive this and faith to live it. In Jesus' name I ask these things and for his sake. Amen. Your kingdom come. What do we mean by the word kingdom? 
Uh, Dr. Albert Moeller puts it like this, and I think this is that you could not put it more simply and yet more profound. When we talk about what is the kingdom, he says this, it is God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. That's the kingdom, very simply put, and yet profound. God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. This is what was created in the beginning. You had Adam and Eve, God's people, and they were in the world and over the world, and they were in God's place that He had created for mankind, and they were under God's rule and blessing. They walked with God and spoke with God, but because of sin and disobedience, that was lost. And there was a separation between man and their God, the Creator. The ancient people of God waited and they prayed for a day when God would send the Messiah as He promised even to Eve that a son would be born and that He would crush the head of Satan. That would send the Messiah and that Messiah was going to destroy the enemies of God's people. He was going to establish an eternal throne and He was going to rule in proper judgment and righteousness. They longed not just for a place called heaven, they longed for the kingdom of God to come and for God to rule perfectly. It was what John the Baptist proclaimed. It was his message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when Jesus came on the scene in his earthly ministry, this was his message as well. The kingdom, over and over. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we hear about the kingdom of God that has come in Christ. Christ taught about the kingdom. And in the New Testament writings, after Christ ascended into heaven, we understand that the kingdom has already actually come to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. Now through the Holy Spirit that Christ gave when He ascended and He gave gifts to His people through the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of heaven is present here today in your souls through the Holy Spirit, those of you who are children of God. But it's not yet fully present. It has come, but not fully. And it won't until Christ returns, and Christians are already part of that kingdom, as I just said. In Colossians 1 and 13, it says, God has, past tense, He has delivered us, from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. Brother and sister, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And the kingdom has come in your heart and you are citizens of the kingdom of heaven now. In the work of Christ on the cross, it's about a king coming a Lord coming, and this King came to rescue His people from the domain of darkness, from the kingdoms of man, and all kingdoms eventually fall and fail. The commission of Christ given to Christ's followers 
is foundational in believing and declaring that Jesus Christ is the King over all creation. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age, until the King comes, you are the kingdom on earth, and the kingdom is made bigger through your work and through the power of the Spirit. We, through the Spirit, are working now to rescue others from the kingdoms of this world as well that fall and fail. And beloved, now Christians, we are at war with spiritual darkness as we are carrying out this great commission in making disciples of all nations and citizens of the kingdom. And we are to long for the day when the King and His kingdom are fully ushered in forever to reign and then we'll no longer be the church militant or the church at war against darkness but we will be the church triumphant the church at peace because of the victory of the king of kings jesus christ and we'll once again be as adam and eve god's people in god's place under god's rule and blessing that's the kingdom in very short. So when we pray, your kingdom come, and this is where it becomes a very radical prayer. Your kingdom come. What do we mean when we pray, your kingdom come? You see, we're praying that more than anything, we have a desire to see Christ come and rule from His throne. But this has some very revolutionary implications. When the kingdom does come in full to rule and reign, that means, listen to me, that means all other nations, their power and their influence will totally fall and crumble, including America. This does not mean that we do not have civic duties for our nation. Certainly we do. But this is a radical prayer. That actually when we say your kingdom come, we are wanting God's kingdom to overthrow every nation and kingdom of the world. We are praying that which has been proclaimed, that the kingdom would come, and it would be crushing Satan and the domain of darkness and doing away with all the kingdoms and nations of the world within the domain of darkness on earth. And he'll be establishing his throne to reign forever, and the family of God will be with him. So we must ask ourselves there, are we ready to pray for that? Are we ready to surrender our will and our agenda to the promised agenda of the Father? And I want to tell you, this is a radical and treasonous prayer against the nations of the earth. That's why I said this isn't a tame prayer when you say, Thy kingdom come. It's not just a pretty little prayer to recite or sing. But you're saying, come and conquer every nation on earth, including ours, in your will and in your timing and in your way. 
We want you to rule and reign, Jesus Christ. You see, that was why the ancient Christians in Rome were really persecuted. Rome didn't care if they gathered together on the first day of the week and sang a few songs. and They didn't care about that, trust me. What they did care about was when Christians did not pay the tax to Caesar as God. And when they would not claim Caesar as their Savior. And they proclaimed that Jesus Christ was the King and Savior. You see, that was treasonous. That's what got early Christians in Rome in a heap of trouble and landed them in the lion's den and in persecution in many different ways. It was radical. It was treasonous to say Jesus Christ is our King and we want His kingdom to come. So when we pray, Your kingdom come, we're praying for that just to happen. And when the kingdom comes, all other nations will crumble under the name and the power and the glory of Jesus Christ. When we pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what are we asking for there? Again, this is not just a pretty little part of the prayer. This is This is quite an amazing statement when prayed from the heart. We're praying that the hearts and lives of all believers would be brought into obedience, including ours individually and personally. That we'd be brought into obedience of God's agenda and the great commission here on earth that is so much easier to read and to recite than to live out in our life. Your will be done on earth. That means in my life, am I being obedient to the work of the church, to the commission that Christ has given? Am I an obedient servant to the kingdom of God? Am I a citizen working and serving the kingdom of God here on earth as it is being done in heaven? That's what we're praying when we pray from the heart. And we're praying that we will be faithful Servants of God's agenda and redemption and to Christ's rule in our hearts and the churches. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how many of of us, and even including myself at times, really understand the implications of those words. Because that means that church isn't just something that we go to and attend when we are able, but it's something that we are a part of bigger than ourselves, an agenda bigger than ourselves, a kingdom bigger than ourselves, that we are to work and serve through and be faithful and obedient to God's command. May your will be done on earth. May I be obedient. May our church be obedient. May we be faithful servants of God's agenda and redemption in the kingdom. Are we preparing for the full coming of Christ? Are we telling others? Are we going to the four corners of the world with the Word of God? Are we working to proclaim and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is that displayed in how we act and how we walk and how we talk and how we give of our time, treasures, and talents? But when we pray, your will be done on earth. When you pray from the heart, that's what you're praying. Let your will be done in my life, in the life of your church, here on earth, 
as it is being done in heaven. Because we are to be faithfully taking the gospel to every corner of the earth. We don't just come to church. We are the church militant at war with the ages of darkness. We are citizens, yes, of this nation or other nations. But first and foremost, when we've been saved, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And that's where our utmost allegiance is to lie. Your kingdom come, Lord Jesus. Your will be done on earth as it is being done in heaven. When we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, here again are things we're asking. And, and this lets you know, are you really ready to pray the Lord's Prayer? You see, we're asking for God to bring history to a close. Come, Lord Jesus. We're asking for all people to see His glory. Red, yellow, black, and white. Hear me. That's why a lot of us aren't ready to, to pray this prayer. We're asking people that are different than us to see His glory and salvation. People of every tribe, tongue, and nation. We're asking God to bring history to a close, all people to see His glory. We're, we're asking for Christ to be served and honored, not only in our lives, but in the church and from the nations around the world. We're asking when we pray this for Satan to be bound. We're asking when we pray this for sin and death to be destroyed, for sinners to be saved from around the globe, to see every knee bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We are praying to, to see the the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem to come and for us to dwell with God forever. That's what we're asking when we say, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are praying for the kingdom to come in all of its fullness and glory and to bring us completely to Him. That we may see Him and the beauty that He has prepared for those that have loved Him and long to see His coming. And to this end we pray, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pretty prayer? I don't know. But it's a powerful prayer. And when Christians start to pray like this, I think God pays attention. It's a radical prayer. It's a revolutionary prayer. And again, it doesn't mean that we hate our country or despise our country. But do you remember the teachings of Jesus when he was teaching about what it means to follow him and be a disciple? He said, you must hate your mother and brother. Did he really mean we hate our mother and brother? No, he didn't mean that. He showed that in his life, that you take care and you honor your mother. Even at the cross, he was worried about the care for his mother. But in comparison is what he's using hyperbole. In comparison to our allegiance to the kingdom, it would seem that we would. That that's how much we esteem Jesus Christ and the kingdom above all other people and all other things of the earth. I had to ask myself this week, do these words describe my prayer life? Would you ask the same thing today? 
where does your allegiance lie? Honestly. If we can't be honest with ourselves, then uh, it's just a waste of time. But I want to ask you, where does your allegiance lie in this earth? Honestly. Does it lie to the things of this world or to the kingdom of God, first and foremost, to Jesus Christ? To the kingdoms of the earth or the kingdom of heaven? And, and remember, before you, again, words are so easy, and I catch myself doing that too in many different situations. Words are easy, right? It's like when you tell somebody, well, if you need me, let me know. I'll be here for you. But we don't know if we'll be there for them, really. Those words sound so good and pretty when they roll off the tongue, but we don't know if we can be. We can't be there for everybody all the time. That's impossible. And so we need to be careful with our words for this. When we say, where does your allegiance lie? Oh, I'm with God, but that is revealed in your life, brother and sister. That's revealed in in our finances, in our time, in how we carry out the commission of God, how seriously we take the body of Christ. That's revealed in how we live each day. Where does our allegiance lie? Jesus is teaching us how to pray. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, every nation and kingdom of the earth is fading away, but the kingdom of God is still coming in fullness. Are you ready for that? Are, are you personally ready for Christ to come? It could happen any moment. Are you ready for this kingdom that will crush and obliviate Germany and China and, and America and all other nations? There's coming a day when this kingdom will come, when the king of all kings will rule from the throne of David. Are you ready for that, honestly? Have you submitted your life to this king? I pray that you have. This is the promise of God and the proclamation of Jesus Christ. and It's why Jesus was sacrificed on the cross. It's why He died. It's why He rose again. And it's why He's promised to come back so that once again, God's people will be in God's place under God's rule and blessing. And today as we come into a time of reflection and invitation to Jesus Christ, I ask you to decide today who you will serve and for you to answer that question where your utmost allegiance lies today. And I will you too today pray for the kingdom to come. For His will to be done on earth today through your life through this church and other churches as it is being done in heaven today. Today, will you pray for strength and obedience, for strength to be obedient and faithful to Christ and His kingdom? Today, may we surrender our lives to God through Jesus Christ, the King, and the kingdom that is coming. Blessed Father, Your Son and our Savior, the King has taught us how to pray today. 
enable us, Heavenly Father, to pray this prayer with genuine heart and intentions. And Lord, I ask that you would save those that are not prepared for the coming of the kingdom today, that today they would surrender their lives and call out to you by faith, and that you would rescue them from the domain of darkness, Heavenly Father. Do that today, Heavenly Father, for your glory. That your church, Heavenly Father, would serve your kingdom above all other kingdoms and nations of the earth. That we would long for you to come for justice. That we desire as your people to be in your place under your rule and blessing. Would you have your way, Heavenly Father, with this time of invitation? And what an awesome, awesome, blessed truth that you came and you died on a cross that I might be a citizen of the everlasting kingdom. What grace, what mercy, what patience you have shown to me personally and to your people. May that love stir our hearts today, Lord Jesus. And may we be drawn to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.